Hi, I'm Jason with Ely Outfitting Company in Ely, Minnesota. The Boundary Waters is the world's greatest canoe country wilderness. And we're thankful to help groups of friends and families from all backgrounds and experience levels enjoy this magnificent place. At Ely Outfitting Company, we have everything you need for a successful Boundary Waters canoe trip. See us for expert trip planning assistance, ultralight Kevlar canoes, specialized camping equipment, and the best information to help you pull it all together. You can even show up with just the things you wear, and we'll take care of the rest. Or just rent a canoe and a few things. All the details and lots of good stuff are on our website at elyoutfittingcompany.com. We're proud to support WTIP's Boundary Waters podcast. Keep telling the wonderful stories of our favorite place in the world, the Boundary Waters. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experience were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern light. Welcome to episode 92 of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. I'm with Matthew Baxley. And I'm here with Joe Fredericks. How's it going over there? Phenomenal. Wow. How about you? Not bad. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay. It's a little ambiguous, but... No, no. Pretty good. Pretty good. Fishing's been great. Uh, things are going just fine. Yeah. It's full on summer right now. It is. Even if you're not listening to this episode in the summertime, that's where we're at. And you need to know that it is paddle season. Fishing's happening. Camping's happening. Bugs are happening. Mm-hmm. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. Makes it feel like the season. We're not talking about that today, though. What are we talking about? Today's episode is all about hammock camping. Nice. But not, you know, we've touched on it before. Oh, yeah. Today we're going to cover everything from how to get into it to, if you are really into it, some really cool new developments in hammock technology. So a little something for everybody. Hammock camping in the Boundary Waters. And to join us in this conversation, we've got uh, a couple of folks who you probably know well in the podcast at this point. Kevin, the K-Man Kramer is back again. Uh, we can't get rid of that guy at this point. <laughs> and all the better. He's, the, he's you know, one of the most experienced paddlers that we go out with. Mm-hmm. Very understated in that regard. He's not, um, he doesn't wear it on his sleeve, but he's been going for years and is really meticulous about how he approaches his camping in the wilderness. Hammock camping in particular. You can't have a hammock episode without bringing back Shug. Shug the hammock camper from YouTube, of course. Yeah, everybody loves Shug, and for good reason. He's a really great person to learn from and cares a lot about 
this community of campers that we're all a part of. Right. He's been doing some hammock camping, more of it uh, in the Boundary Waters than even the SHT and other places that he frequents as well. But he did some winter camping over this past winter up on Duncan and Daniels in that area. And uh, just hammock camping every time he goes out. We're going to fill in the perspective of probably what most people think about, which is what is the easiest way to get out? But the question we want to answer is, can everybody hammock camp? Suge has some thoughts on that. Hammocks will never be the most popular. They're like unicycles. No matter how popular they are within the hammock niche that I'm in, you realize, no, most people are still in tents. They pitch their tent. There's no tweaking. There's no fiddling. They know their tent. So hammocks will never be the go-all for everybody. They never will be. Ever. So if not everybody is going to hammock camp, it's no reason to write it off. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did you get into it for the first time? Because, I mean, we are all of our first trips. We were in tents, even right. separate tents, I think, in the early days. Right. And then there was that one trip. We went to Gaskin Lake in the late fall, October, almost November. Well, we're on our way back to Winchell just to retrace our winter camping trip. That's right. And there was snow on the portages. I mean, it was deep fall. And you brought a hammock and I brought a tent. And we stayed on that island on Gaskin, and your setup seemed great, but I was feeling a little more like, huh, good thing I got my tent. I'll be warm and safe and secure in here, not knowing what a hammock can offer me in that regard. Maybe another year or two went by. We did the duck hunting trip maybe the next fall, and you stayed in a tent, and I was in a hammock. Totally underprepared. Didn't have a rain fly or anything on top, but I sleep warm, so I got through comfortably that night. And that was really the beginning of my, I want to buy another one. I want to get one with a bug net so I can do this in the spring and summer. The beginning, slow progression of how I got more interested in hammock camping. Yeah, I mean, I think in the early days, it was an easy thing to try out in the shoulder seasons before the, before and after bugs, because you can just take your hammock. I know I just put my sleeping pad in because you need some insulation. I think there were quite a few years ago, I went car camping with my my brother and sister and I didn't have a sleeping pad and it was quite cold and I didn't sleep well. So sleeping pad in the hammock, sleeping bag on top of the sleeping pad and just a little nest, no bug net. Uh, But it worked for the shoulder season. Mm -hmm. But then it was kind of like, well, this is kind of nice. You know, it's kind of cozy. So you, you know, I think you got your bug net first and then that motivated me to get one and it kept progressing from there but neither of us have really put much thought into things that matter a lot to suge and k-man which is like the perfect hang or the like the angle of your hang so it's probably better to hear from them about that I love tinkering with stuff. And so I I love new gear. I love looking at all the different setups. Hammocks are so versatile and there's hundreds of different styles of hammocks. There's there's different suspension systems. There's different tarped rain flies. There's different ways to set up your hammock. It's just so versatile. And uh, you know, you have to know sometimes you have to know knots. And uh, you just, you kind of, I like tinkering with that stuff and figuring out the best setup. Comfort wise, it's a game changer. Without a doubt, it's definitely changed how I go about these trips. 
I don't know too many people that have gone to hammocks and then said, no, nah, I prefer a tent. I'll tell you my whole setup. I'll tell you exactly what I have. I have a war bonnet, Blackbird XLC. It's a double layer. And so speaking of double layer, I got a double layer because I started with a single layer. The mosquitoes could actually bite me through a single layer. I ended up exchanging that for a double layer. So it's basically you're, you're sitting where your butt is, is, is two layers of fabric. And somehow with those two layers kind of interacting with each other, the mosquitoes can't bite through it. But uh, so that's one technical aspect. And then I have a, uh, I have a war bonnet Yeti underquill rated at 20 degrees. And so that bungees underneath my hammock. The rain fly that I use is called a mamba jamba. It's kind of a lightweight, basic rain fly. It has just enough coverage to cover my hammock. It doesn't go all the way to the ground, but it gives me plenty of coverage. I've, I've been in some, some really nasty thunderstorms with that rain fly, and I never got a drop inside my hammock. So, And the reason I chose that lightweight, smaller hammock was just going back to the fact that I'm always looking at the weight of my entire setup ounces grams they add up so if i can cut a couple of grams here and a couple of grams there it adds up to a few pounds uh, on my ultimate pack weight and then i have an over quilt i use a, a hammock gear burrow 20 degree over quilt and over quilts if the listeners don't know uh, is is like a sleeping bag without a bottom on it people always ask why not just use a sleeping bag well when you're in a hammock your weight goes on the butt side, the bottom side of the hammock, you're squishing down all the insulation in a normal sleeping bag. It's not doing you any good. It's just dead weight. So in the hammock world, we use overquilt. You just eliminate the bottom part of a sleeping bag and put that over the top of you. The insulation for your under half is underneath the quilt, hence the underquilt. It's just a kind of a different setup. And then as far as my suspension system, there's hundreds of suspension systems out there. I've kind of evolved. I started off with just a basic tree strap and using a uh, what they call a, a marlin hitch, which is what a toggle hitch, I think is what they call it. But I, I've moved away now and I've got into this uh, lightweight hammock gear sells a uh, ultra lightweight daisy chain. So a daisy chain is a webbed tree strap that has some loops sewn into it, into the webbing. So that gives you uh, some versatility in your setup. You can use the various loops depending on how far apart your trees are and, and things like that. Also on the hammock itself, I have a, a whoopee sling, but it's an adjustable high strength Dyneema rope that allows for some adjustability there too. So, so that's my setup. I just use a gathered end type hammock. I have a foot box sewn into my hammock, which allows me to to lay diagonally, they kind of recommend maybe a 15 to 20 degree diagonal lay in your hammock for the perfect comfort. That way you're not laying like a banana, but you're laying more flat in your hammock. And so that foot box allows you to more easily lay diagonally. You know, so, so those are some of the things that I look for in, a, in my hammock. I've done a couple of videos within the last year. One was the learning curve, but the new person gets in and experienced hammockers, it's kind of like canoeing. Well, you know, what you want to get yourself is a double paddle. No, you need a paddle with a 90 degree angle. Nope, you need yourself a traditional, you know, it's just, you start getting all this information where you're new and you're kind of going, okay, that's 
that's already overload. I didn't know paddles had that kind of breath. And you start hearing about the 90 degree bends. I'm like, whoa, whoa, back up. I don't know what that is. And why is that better? And should I start with that? I don't think so. And so you get into hammocks and the experienced hammocker likes to tell you, no, no, get away from the straps. You need whoopee slings. And everybody wants to tell you something different. And it's the same with, let's just say hammock suspension. There are so many. I did a series on them. Daisy chains, this, that. There's like, I couldn't believe once I started explaining suspensions, plus the old style with the double rings and the climbing ropes. All right. Great to hear the perspective of people who know a lot about hammock camping and are very experienced, both Shug and the K-Man. With that in mind, as we are discussing our own journey of hammock camping in the Boundary Waters, at Canoe Copia this year, we met somebody who is affiliated with Superior Gear Hammock. That is a wonderful product because we got to try it out on the epic trip that uh, from episode 90 and 91, episode 90 in particular, where we had the incident on the Temperance River. We also had these great hammocks on that trip. A big part of that trip going into it before the trip changed was we're going to try these Superior Hammock setups that we got in the mail ahead of time and you know did a little unboxing and like pulling them out and they're game changing a mini revolution has occurred in our progression as hammock campers it's unbelievable the simplicity of the setup the sewn in under quilt the rain fly all of it I just can't wait to get back out and do it again. I mean, it's just like so easy and efficient and comfortable. All of it is A plus across the board. Yeah. And and just to make sure that we weren't like getting our biased perspective, because, you know, we got this gear and we were like excited about it. It's important to hear from the experts. So what I think it is, is the the new person that wants to get a hammock, I go, get a spirit gear hammock, you bring it around, you clip the carabiner, you pull it up, you get it set, the underquilt's built in, if you have to add your underquilt, it snaps on, it really, man, as far as like rigging the hammock and having your underquilt, it's going to save you a lot of steps. You still got to deal with the tarp, you still got to deal with... Don't have your straps straight out. Have them at like a 30-degree angle. couple of those sort of hammock rules are going to get you a better hang. But, you know, it's like someone asked me a hammock tip, and I start talking, and I'm like the fisherman telling me where I'm going, I just want three things. And now they're on their 27 thing. And then make sure you get a little – and if you're going to use a spinner, you got to have the little spinner line, and here's how you tie your fishing line. And you're going to want this kind of fishing line and this kind of rod. And I'm going – yeah, that's all. It's all good, but I just, you know, I just want to cast a line and get it on video so people know I fished. I think he's got a great product, and I've recommended it to so many people because, you know, as Shug the Hammock guy, I end up tutoring. I get people to find ways to reach out to me, either several questions on YouTube or somehow find my email, which I don't give out willy nilly, and want me to sort of give them extra care and time. And I'm good for about, look, I'll, I'll give you three or four, but I'm not going to walk you through every detail. I've got videos. If you're too lazy to watch my videos, and I understand that's a lot of me, 
but I, I just can't spend that amount of time with you. Mm -hmm. I have to give you a consultation fee. Right. I've never said that. <laughs> and so I see them, you know, most people, they get their hammocks done. They can pitch a tarp. They can hang it now. They've messed with a pad. They fought an underquilt. They get an underquilt and they just can't get the underquilt right. And I'll go, I don't know what your budget is or how serious, how badly you want to be in a hammock. But I would just get a superior gear hammock with the built-in underquilt. There's pros and cons to every setup, but I couldn't find too many cons with that superior gear hammock. If I had the means to upgrade to a superior gear hammock, I would definitely, I would definitely take a look at it without a doubt. I would definitely take it on a boundary waters trip. Joe Fredericks, everything that Shug and K-Man said about this setup is spot on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are, I would say that, you know, like, like Shug said, this is maybe not necessarily a beginner setup, maybe a step up from beginner, but that's a, it's a pretty small step up. Right. I mean, when we were out on Kelly Lake and Weird Lake in the Boundary Waters on our May fishing opener trip... We moved a couple times and you got to pick your trees and find your spot to put up your hammock, but we didn't labor over that task. And when we did find the trees, it's so easy to make it fit with everything that's provided with Superior Hammock from the rain fly to the hammock itself, like the straps that are used, the way that it clips in with the rain fly. I mean, I had mine set up in 10 minutes. I'm, I'm ready to go. It's like faster than you set up your tent. Yeah, and that's your first go. Dickus is over there fumbling around with his tent stakes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all like, all right, let's go fishing. Come on, man. There's that moose over there. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. And it's when the goal is just to get out, you can be, you and I can be really content with just as simple a setup as possible. This is what I got. I'm throwing it all together and good to go. But this. It's like, how, how could I ever go back? I mean, I, I won't ever go back. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm going on this trip out west here in this summer, and I'm bringing my hammock. I'm not bringing a tent. There's just not even a reason to, from my perspective. Of course, there's the issue of, will there be trees where I'm going? But I'll figure that out when I get there. Well, you know, that's a good point. So there are some legitimate and interesting reasons why somebody may still not want to try out a hammock. I think trees are one, like it, you are dependent on trees. The more practice you get finding your hangs, the more creative you learn to be about your trees. And that's a part of the learning curve. I think that's fair to say. Another reason that we hear, in fact, I heard it from Dickus, Eric Dickus from Omaha on our trip in May was, I like to have this little nest. I like to put my book beside me when I'm in my tent. I like to have my headlamp over here, my water bottle, and all this kind of creature comfort nesting aspect to a tent laying flat. And you got surface area to work yeah, with. You like to make your own little mini bedroom or space or nest. With the hammock, particularly superior hammock that we have now, we've got this ridge line. You can put a little bag there. You can dangle your headlamp from that. You can put everything with above you instead of sort of scattered about on the floor exactly you know superior gear makes some really cool uh zipper bags to hang from the ridge line but one thing i thought was really cool is both the bag that the hammock comes in and the bag that the rain flight comes in have these little mini carabiners and you can clip them right to your ridge line so i you know in my 
superior hammock setup, I didn't get the specific bag, but I put all my things in those little pouches. Like I had my headlamp up there. I had my reading book, um, uh, my bug spray, you know, everything that I needed to make it work. And I still was able to, because I like to have my coffee all set up when I go to bed, so I don't even have to get out of the hammock. A lot like Suge. Mm-hmm. And so it's just right below me. I, I don't even, I just kind of roll over and start the coffee and have that first cup before even leaving the hammock, and that is the best <laughs> feeling ever. Well, in most of Suge's videos, he makes his Megliodoro instant espresso and his breakfast while still doing the hang, I mean, he's got it down to a science and just watch his videos. You can see more about it, but it's very simple to do as you're saying, Matthew. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's one of those things where it's hard to get out of what you're used to, Mm -hmm. but when it works, it can be so worth it. A perfect example of that is for years, I always thought, well, I can't, I can only hammock camp when I'm going with, uh, by myself solo or with a buddy who has his own sleep set up. Like if I'm going with a partner or somebody like that, we got to share a tent because that's how we're close. Mm-hmm. K-Man delivers again on this one. I, I do a lot of camping with my wife. And so an ideal hammock setup for us is uh, we like to hang close to each other. And uh, so preferably if we could find three trees and then one of the trees is common to both of us and then we go out and angle away from each other and then kind of can face each other and still see each other and then, uh, and then put the rain flies above both of us so that we're kind of under one common uh, rain fly. That's my ideal setup. It doesn't always work like that. As you know, it's hard to find. Sometimes it's hard to even find two trees that are going to work well for one hammock. But so to find three trees, that would be an ideal setup for two hammocks. It doesn't always work, but when it does, that that's kind of fun for us because then we're kind of, we're hanging in our own little cocoons, but we're, you know, just two feet apart or something. And uh, and then we've got that common space under our rain flies together. I've seen that uh three trees set up in action that the K-Man utilizes with his, when he's out in particular with his wife, Amber, uh, just for that ability to kind of have a, a connection and communicate and, and share space. We should try that sometime. I think we will. I mean, it's definitely a sim- simple way to approach it and the shared rain flight combo type deal. All of this that we've said would indicate Try hammock camping in the Boundary Waters. It's great. Suge says it's great. K-Man, our own experiences. But at the end of the day, it's still not for everyone. There's still history to tent camping in the Boundary Waters. There's a lot of reasons why people might want to bring a tent. And that's great. Yeah, because everybody's got a preference. Everybody has a preference. And you got to do what works for you. But I think the question is... Or the answer in this case is, if you're not sure, it may be worth trying. You can borrow a hammock. You can drop 50 bucks on a super simple hammock, some straps. Mm-hmm. Use your sleeping pad and sleeping bag and give it a try. But what if you want to go all in? For me, it would be to just get a superior hammock. It's going to have everything you need to take you to that next step without going overboard necessarily. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, 
I kind of want folks to have to struggle with all of our di- all the different setups, you know, because there's some learning in that. And then you really appreciate the superior hammock setup once you get to it because you're like, oh, that was so easy. But if you want to skip <laughs> the, the trial and tribulation, just go for it. When we first went out backpacking with Suge on the Angleworm Trail, I forgot my rain fly. It was a debacle. I had to use garbage bags and raincoats strewn over a makeshift ridge line. Then I did a winter camping solo on an island and had no rain fly, minimal gear that was even close to being adequate. If I'd have had the spear hammock, those would have been such different experiences and better experiences, even though I kind of grinded through them in this hard knocks learning curve, as you're suggesting, it is possible to avoid that. And one way to do it is just to check out the spear hammock. Because we know that some people will never learn how to tie a trucker's hitch. Who's that? <laughs> Who is that? Who is that, Joe Fredericks? Do you know? We'll let the K-Man explain. <laughs> Our friend Joe Fredericks, uh, he can't learn to tie a knot to save his life. And I and I, I love Joe, but he it, he I've tried to teach him to tie a knot. And uh Joe's Joe doesn't like to tie those knots. And that's one thing that I like about this uh the superior gear hammer. You don't need to tie a knot. So it's perfect for Joe. Out in the night, the waves beat the shore. You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar. Rule me, rock me in my dreams. You can roll me, rock me in my dreams. So I like to sing, I love to dance. I play the fool if I got the chance. All around the campfire light. All around. Campfire light all round, all round, all round the campfire light. 